Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. First thing we want to know is how you got here and why you're a teacher. So right now you teach in the seminary, teach counseling courses, and until recently you were a teacher in the college. You've now moved on to a new ministry. If you want to maybe tell us a little bit about your new ministry that you're working on and then how the Lord moved to get you into maybe both those places. Well, you know, the the path of my life in many ways is very common to man, but it follows somewhat an unpredictable path. So I didn't I didn't set my heart on teaching and set my heart on counseling. I think when I was younger and came to the Lord, the Lord directed my heart to be set on serving him and seeking to follow him. Did I always do that? No. Thank the Lord for his grace and his restoration. And then came to believe soon after coming to Christ that the Lord wanted me to serve him vocationally. And I, I can't put a name to this, but early on in my life was uh, received the influence of thinking of life as a stewardship. And you have stewardship from the Lord, and he gives you time and talents, abilities, uh, experiences, relationships that you are to be a wise steward of. And that's especially helped me because uh, you fight with so many measurements of your life and have you been successful? Are you successful? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? And if you try to think of your responsibilities from the Lord as a stewardship, it centers you back on the responsibility of a steward is to be faithful. The times in my life where I lived in submission to the Lord, he directed my steps and developed, I really developed a desire for teaching in the context of uh, being taught well, of having professors who cared for me, who spent time with me in and out of the classroom, uh, who, and you guys have talked about this, who had a passion for their topic and a love for their students. And then a couple of them sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, have you ever thought about teaching? Uh, and that's what started that path. And the topic of counseling really developed uh, kind of twofold, uh, both a need at the institution, a need at faith for someone who was uh, anchored well theologically, who cared about people, and um, someone who could build some competency in that. I didn't come to the table with great competency in that. The Lord directed my steps to that, and it's really, uh, really the joy of my life. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a humbling stewardship. One of you at the table uh, was speaking at a camp a few summers back, and I got a text that said, did you have... Thinkling Stearns, uh, <laughs> in your classes. And this was like out of the blue. I think I was mowing my lawn. And I stopped. And was, you know, how do you, how do you uh, portray timidity in a text response? You just answer honestly. Yeah. Whenever someone's like, hey, tell me about Andy, just tell the truth. <laughs> so so oh I, I, said, I said, yes, why? With a few ellipses in there and a few question marks. And the text came back and said... I thought so. He sounds like you. And, you know, that's both encouraging and terrifying at the same time. 
Um, so, <laughs> um, that's like the best and worst compliment I've ever received. That's what it was intended to be. So I'm glad it landed. It's like that a five way. on the scale, <laughs> or <a> three. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> oh my. Um, so it's, it's just been a joy of my life to seek to faithfully teach the word and how to communicate that to others in personal conversations and trust the Lord with what he'd do with it. So the other part of your question was like, what am I doing now? Is that what yeah, it was? Tell us about yeah. you. You've recently shifted. You still teach in the seminary, you teach counseling courses in the seminary, but you're not in the college anymore. You've moved on to a new ministry. Why don't you tell us about yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, back in the summer of 2018, I spoke at uh, a conference for the missionaries of Baptist Admissions. And at the time, uh, the president of the mission agency was Vernon Rosenau. And he um, had a vision, a desire in his heart, really a, a burden in his heart to have a couple with a place where missionaries could feel safe to talk, to unburden their hearts, to be able to have a starting point for talking to other people they needed to talk to and make some connections with that. And after that conference, he took Sherry and me out to lunch and he said, here's the burden of my heart. And, and, and you could really tell as he talked that he cared deeply about the missionaries and about their ability to uh, be encouraged in their walks with the Lord to really stay with it. He asked two questions at the end of the conversation. The first one was, with what you've done with biblical counseling and teaching biblical counseling, would you spend some time talking with me uh, and helping me to look at what I'm thinking about and uh, adding to it and tweaking it? Uh, and then, uh, excuse me, then he said, and would you and Sherry pray about, would this be something the Lord would have you to do? And, you know, it was easy to answer the first question. And the second question, who's going to look at somebody and say, oh, no, I'm not going to pray about this. Um, and so that launched into some conversations. And I think, I think what really happened there was uh, this man who uh, on Christmas Day went to be with the Lord um, was able to communicate his desire and his heart that really had, the Lord had been working in him on for over 20 years in what he had envisioned in something that he thought would really help and bless missionaries and having that get transferred into our hearts. And uh, you put it back, I mean, the, the wrestling match of stewardship there uh, was a big piece of it. You know, God gives us stewardship and the responsibilities. How do you make a decision like that? I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to put that into words because there's like 10,000 thoughts and words and conversations and prayers uh, that went into that. But we're we're in the process of deputation to raise the money for the place and for the functions of that uh, ministry with uh, and just enjoying what we're doing. It's been a huge blessing to be with former students in their churches and share with them and even be able to, you know, just be open with one another and talk about life. Uh, and then when we we're, we're through that phase, we look forward to to uh, ministering more directly day in and day out to missionaries. Really interesting to see how God's kind of moved you and even like your desire for the, um, how God moved you into the teaching role. I thought that was really fascinating seeing other 
men teach well and wanting to do so yourself. I can't say that was necessarily a driving force for me. It was very different. My path there is more like seeing error in others. That gave me a passion for truth and then wanting to teach that truth was kind of, I just thought that was really interesting how you brought that out. And then even just your direction towards um, uh, this new ministry. And, you know, uh, our listeners, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Dr. Newman, but if you uh, would like to support him or get to know his ministry a little bit better, feel free to reach out to us as the Thinklings podcast, and uh, we can get you in touch with him. And uh, perhaps you or your church would like to assist him in the work of the ministry, in his new ministry, as he's on deputation right now. I guess I'm supposed to ask the next question. (laughs) So um, how do you balance uh, family and ministry life? Yeah. That, uh, that was a good question, and uh, and I appreciate it. And it is something that I really sought to work purposefully at. And I'm just thankful for uh, the grace of God in my life. Probably uh, there there is a faculty member here who's with the Lord now, who when I first started ministering here full-time, who took me to lunch in Benson when we got our lunches for free. <laughs> so he, great sacrifice. No, but, but he took me to lunch and he, he just shared his heart with me. And he said he was so pleased that I was joining the school full time and said, you know, you need to guard your heart and your quiet time and you need to guard your family. And he just talked from his own heart and said things that he had done that he evaluated as what as things that contributed to that and things that distracted from that is really really helpful. When my children were younger, what that really looked like was doing my work for teaching in the office. And this is going to be different for different people. I mean, you learn, you know, your wife and what how how God's made her. But for us, it was best for me to get the work done that had to be done in the office. And then when I went home, I was home. And that, you know, that meant that we would eat supper later than many families. You know, I, I always was, I always made it a point to be home by 6.30, which made for some long days when it's seven o'clock class. But, but when I was home, I was home and we could have supper together and we could play and spend time together. And if there were things that had to be done later, uh, it was done later. The other thing I think that was a big deal that just a huge blessing in our, and I, our children, in fact, seeing our children at Christmas, we didn't see them all together, but, but we were with my son for a couple of days and with my daughter and her family for several days. And memories of these things came up just impromptu in those. Uh, I limited how much I traveled uh, during that time. I said no to a lot of invitations so that I would be with my children in church serving with them. That's not a judgment on anybody else who does it that way. It does it differently. That's just one of the things that we decided to do. And when I said yes, I rotated back and forth between taking my children with me. And again, that's, you know, not everybody's able to do that. We were able to do that. Many times the expenses of that could be covered other ways of if I was flying or whatever. That was just good for my kids to be with me in ministry. My daughter and I had a great conversation. The first time she traveled with me at great length, she very timidly went to Sherry and was very nervous about traveling with dad because her perception was dad wouldn't be as attentive as mom. Well, that makes sense. You know? <laughs> and so she was scared. And of course, she didn't know this, but mom told me this. 
And uh, it really, we look back on it as something that really cemented our relationship and something that really strengthened our relationship. And we were, when um, the last night of that trip, it was an extended, it was a week uh, in New York, actually. Uh, we were walking back from the church across the yard to the pastor's house where we were staying. And she, I don't know how old she was, 12, 13, something like that. And she said, don't tell mom this, but, you know, I wish I didn't have to go home yet. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it was really cool. And so the Lord honored, you know, the Lord honored those things and his grace was evident in those. A lot of mistakes made too. And I, I suppose your response there is, I wasn't always, I wasn't, didn't always do this, but uh, uh, hopefully you can be quick to own your sinfulness and even be willing to ask your children for forgiveness and realize that that's not a, that that's, that's right. They're your brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as your children. So I'm um, just a couple of takeaways that I'm thinking through here. You said no to a lot of ministry opportunities. And then when you did say yes, at least at a certain point when your children were old enough, you included them in your ministry. And uh, I don't know, I just really like that idea of including your family, including your children in your ministry. When they're old enough, of course, you're not going to take a two-year-old to a speaking engagement. Yeah, that's interesting because in high school, my youth pastor really uh, worked with a number of us. And one of the things he did to influence us actually was to take us along with him to house calls and things like that. Um, and then I know I, I got to, I've been on a couple of trips for you to represent the school and whatnot. And that was good to see you in action. So it's interesting that, uh, your taking them along with you as you served was such a helpful thing. That's, that's really helpful to hear. Thank you. you you've had a long academic life. You never stop learning, right? Right. So one of, one of the questions here is what are your study guilty pleasures? So like when you had a lot of work to do, like was there a snack? Was there a location? <laughs> We're pretty serious about <laughs> snacks on this podcast, just so you know. What what was the like for me it's if I if I need five to ten hours of like hardcore work, I'm gonna go hole up in a corner in a coffee shop. And drink myself silly, full of coffee. Yeah, see, coffee shops weren't a thing when I yeah. was. Yeah. So, but but I could I could get into that now. Um, so let me get to your question, but preface it with something more of a serious nature. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have accomplished anything in any of my life, but anything in academics and learning and studying, if it wasn't for my wife's support in it. And her, I mean, to this day, she does a lot of the driving and more assignments have been graded on the way to and from church. More books have been read on the way to and from church. Needed to take a break from that when we had our kids um, as well to be more engaged with them. But uh, uh, so that's a big deal. So guilty pleasure. Uh, my doctoral project was written on, I don't know how many pounds of sunflower seeds. Um <laughs> And so sunflower give, give me, some, seeds. Give me so, some more of the story here. So where, where were you doing wow. your doctoral work? Okay, so I, I did my doctorate ministry at Westminster. Okay. And uh, the, I found it best, shock, that if you're going to do writing, you got to block your time and you got to guard your time like you would guard it for any reason and uh, lock the door, hide, you know, whatever <laughs> it takes. Amen. And And the only time I could... And I, I would, I, the focus, my mind was in so many different directions 
that for whatever reason that later led to having to lose the sunflower weight. But anyway, um, it just helped to have a handful of sunflower seeds, pop them in your mouth, you know, and spit out the, spit out the shells and write. Some like rhythm um, and cadence to it, maybe. I don't know if it did or not. I just, <laughs> I just know that the poor maintenance person who emptied the office trash <laughs> probably wondered about Dr. Newman a few days. Good long day of writing was at least a one pound bag of sunflower seeds, which is wow. not good for you. So it's good. You want a guilty pleasure. So there it is. Okay. Okay. Let's steer, let's steer into another one here. It's, it's less, less serious questions. So, um, what's your, what's your favorite production? So this, you can take this two different ways. Um, I think the intent of it was something that you've produced. Like this is of all the things I've prepared, written, sermon, classes, hmm. what would you say is this is the one Dr. Newman selection that is going to be canonized? What would it be? <laughs> not in a, oh, not in a scriptural sense, yeah, just in, well, a, right, in right. a heightened wow. sense. Well, I think that happens in other ways, but um, it's, it's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Um, Everything you do, you're, you're um, one of my profs in my doctoral work said, Jeff, we tinker with things all the time. You just need to stop tinkering. And it was good advice. It was really good advice. I mean, nothing's ever done, right? Good enough. <laughs> That's horrendous. <laughs> I'm glad just someone else will tell him that now. Like <laughs> Invite me back or just dub me in whenever you need it. Okay. Um, we will, well, I'll save that sound bite and I'll play it for lots of things. Just feel Dr. free. Newman, feel that's free. I fully surrender the rights. You haven't signed. I haven't signed anything yet on this either. There's, so. no, there's nothing, to sign. nothing to sign. We're okay. so informal. We don't even, there's nothing to sign. Like there's, well, you guys have pretty deep pockets. I might have to come back on this. Anyway. It's just because my pants are big. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, that was Horrendous. Okay. Um, anyway. <laughs> So what was the question again? No, this I remember is, the this question. This is easily the most we've laughed on any podcast. Like, I, I we're wild. That. Maybe it's we're just a little tired. That, that adds to I it. I don't know. I think because he's whipping out the horrendouses, man. Yeah, he's, he's got me beat, like, by three times. This is awesome. I'm sorry I encouraged him. I'm really sorry. You'll never hear the end of this. Listener, he doesn't look sorry, just so you know. Okay, oh, oh. enough of that. So yeah, the, best so, publication, best book. Yeah, right? what's your well, favorite so, publication? So um, that's tough. Um, not because there are many to pick from, uh, but you know, I think that um, Dependence in the Wilderness. If you're thinking of a book, that is the book. The others are are books, but they're more of a Bible study type format book, which is I think helpful too. Uh, but you know, in a, in a very real sense, anything that you write, you put part of your life into it. And the longer it is, the more of your life is put into it. And that was that was first written as a part of my doctoral project. And then it was rewritten to fit the context of the audience uh, there. And it was it was rewritten in the crucible of some suffering in my family. And so that comes out in the book. And really the person who was editor at the time at the publisher knew of that, and that was a big part of why they wanted it uh, to be published. So uh, Dependence in the Wilderness. And in books and business, I you know I'm, I think the bookstore manager ought to put it on sale for a while here and at a really good price. But I anyway, think that's a really good idea. Um, so anyway, 
you know that the things that have staying power in your life that then get pushed out in other people's lives are stuff that impacts you first. So that's part of dependence in the wilderness. But more recently, um, just uh, the Great Commission in Doubt has been um, something I've pondered and thought about. And boy, I tell you, you know, with the last year, you lose track of time. So it's probably been more than a year ago that um, I preached on it the first time in Faith's College Chapel. And I've worked on that and and honed on that and uh, had a, had opportunity to share that message a few times. And it's really helped me. And when something helps you, uh, you really, you know, in, in a in a kind of a second Corinthians kind of way, the comfort you get from the Lord, you use that to comfort others. So a couple of things. The wilderness is the suffering, the trial that we have to endure. And so depending on the Lord, when you go through those trials, through those wilderness experiences, and uh, that's a book and uh, an issue that we all um, really are going to encounter. So it's a really good book. I'd strongly recommend it. And yes, we'll have it on sale when we feature this uh, podcast. So you're kind of pretty well known for being really good at metaphors and Say illustrations and analogies. Oh, okay. You're just, right. people know this about Dr. Newman. He's really good at this. So the one I remember when I took one of the counseling class, I think this was Bible and counseling before it was split into two way back in the day was you talked about as a, when you're dealing with other people, you tend to see their sin uh, in really great detail. And then you tend to see your own sin, like not very clear at all. And so the illustration that you used in class was when you talk about your own sin, you talk about it the way an AM radio sounds at night during a thunderstorm, which for listeners who haven't ever listened to an AM radio in a thunderstorm at night, the it's terribly unclear. But when you talk about someone else's sin, it's like an HD television, like 55 inch or whatever. How'd you get, how did you develop the ability to give good illustrations? Was well, that, that, that one is that one or? is shamelessly borrowed, oh, uh, and then theft. then then <laughs> it, and then tweaked tweaked. Um, Sunflower seeds and theft; those are the two <laughs> <Yes>! keys. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um, no, As we've I already mean, said the, he didn't sign anything. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. I think the purpose of that is to help truth to stick. Um, and I think, uh, sorry to dip back into books and business, uh, but there is a, there's a book. Tim just grinned ear to ear people. You never have to (laughs) apologize for getting back into books and business. Horrendous. Anyway. Okay. So this one doesn't get you much business though, either because it's out of print, but, uh, it's a book written by Dr. Del Ney called teaches he taught. And uh, several thoughts in that book are helpful. He basically is surveying the teaching ministry of Christ and saying, how can we learn from the teaching ministry of Christ in our own teaching? And he has a section in the book, or at least a few paragraphs in the book, that talk about planting time-delayed charges, which has been very helpful to me, that Christ said so many things to the disciples that at the time they didn't understand, they didn't appreciate, but he knew where they were going to be, and it it 
planted things for them later to have aha moments. And I think he spent some time talking about metaphors and that's what started to plant that in my, in my thoughts. And then, uh, David Pallison, who is the one that I borrowed the, he would, he, uh, his was technicolor cause he's, you know, he's with the Lord now too, but his was, a, you know, his, his fit where he was in life. And now I'm high def and AM radio. <laughs> and he talked about the importance of, being able to bring together a metaphor that could help people to remember the truth you were taught, you were teaching or you were talking about. And so obviously you, you didn't just remember the story, the metaphor, you remembered the lesson behind the metaphor too. Yeah. And that's actually, I think what I thought you did so well, but it's not just the one that you stole from Pallison. Like there were others too that you were just knowing about. This is something you're good at, but I, I remember thinking, Ooh, sorry about that. But I remember thinking also, there's a lot of times a preacher will give an illustration that's really, really good and really long. And, and it's what what you just, it's the opposite of what you just said later on. You don't remember it. And uh, so, okay. So Teach As He Taught was helpful for you. David Pallison's influence was helpful for you. The Del Ney book. And even, even Del Ney is teaching. In his, in his homiletics, he emphasized the importance of illustrations that were well-crafted, that directed people back to the text. So when they, if, they, if they only remembered the illustration, eventually it would take them back. To, so it wasn't the illustration could stand alone. Uh, so those, those were the seeds planted in me. And some of it just gets ridiculous at times, too, some of my metaphors. But Okay, so I've got one last quote interview question that's going to get us into kind of our main content. And uh, so obviously Dr. Newman has taught, done a lot of teaching in the field of counseling. So we want to talk about counseling and just kind of have a, a, an open dialogue on that. We'll get to that in a moment. So this next question, I want you to think in the realm of, of counseling, what's something that you do now in counseling that if you could go back to yourself on day one, you'd say, hey, you need to start doing this now. So it's something recently that you've you've started adding into your practice that you would have wished you'd been doing the whole time. Yeah, I don't know if if you go to if you go immediately now clear to the beginning, such a long time ago. Um, I'm that that I'm gonna I maybe walk it back a little bit. I think the thing that um, I mean, there's probably a couple of key things that are different for me now than were early on. And I think it's a part of most everybody's path in caring for others and understanding their role in caring for others. When you, when you first start to talk to people about life and the challenges and the difficulties of life, you tend to, in your own deliberations internally, think about what am I going to say? How am I going to help? What am I going to do? And it's been exceedingly helpful for me to know those questions are always going to be there. I mean, they're, they're bright questions, they're inescapable questions, but something that has really helped me is what is asking myself, what more do I need to know? And what more do I need to learn about this person so I can really genuinely care for them and strive to understand them and bring, bring conversations about the word to them that connect with them in their life. Uh, so that's been a, that's been a very significant thing for me. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Thinklings podcast. 
I'm sorry to do this to you again. I received all of the feedback last week from people who were terribly, terribly heartbroken about how they had to wait another week for the installment that would follow. And guess what? You're going to have to do it again. We will have part three of Numentology next week, Tuesday morning. Please tune in again to hear the end of our discussion with Dr. Newman. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, read good books and have great conversations about them with your friends. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email, thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast.